If you'd like to turn to the first epistle of John, we're going to be in chapter 5 and we're just looking at two verses this evening. It's verses 4 and 5. So I'll start from three and it'll give us a bit of a feeding as well. So we'll do three, four and, and five, but our focus will be on four and five. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So it's been a while uh, since we were last in in this epistle, um, but we're now back and we are, as I said, we're going to be focusing on verses 4 and 5. And what I want to look at this evening is study and, and, and really grasp what John means when he writes of the world. When he says, for whatsoever is born of God over, overcometh the world, what does he mean by the world? Well, we'll see that, that John is not looking at the physical world, not, not the hills, not the mountains, not the sea. But he's looking at something else. He's thinking of something else. And we'll look at who is in charge of the evil things of this world, as we've already mentioned when we looked shortly at the few verses in Job. And we're going to be looking at the outworking of that. So we'll look at the evil and the evil at work in this world. And we'll also see our role in the evil of this world. And how we have been and maybe still are a part of this world. And then finally we can rejoice. Because we will look at how we can have victory over this world. How we can overcome this world. But now we will come to verse 4. And when we understand the depths of this verse, it will allow us to really grasp the greater theme of this book, which is love. The theme of biblical, of biblical love is throughout this whole letter. It saturates this letter. It gives us the source of love, God himself, and it commands us to love God and to love one another as we as we read in verse 3, for this is the love of God that we can keep his commandments. We know his commandments are to love him and to love one another. And we'll see that when we overcome the world, we are able to love God and to love one another in Christ. Now Spurgeon said about this letter, he said that from opening to the conclusion, love is the manner, love the matter, love the motive and love the aim. And we see this perfectly, don't we, in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We see it in his life, his death and his resurrection. We see it in him. So now we come to verse 4, which um, tells us of how true biblical love comes to be in those who have a saving faith. So we're looking at the first, just the first section of verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. So as mentioned, this letter speaks of love. But for love to have its work and take hold of a man, there has to be a battle. A battle that has already been won. A battle that we cannot fight ourselves, but a battle that has been won for us. 
And this battle comes against the world. The world has to be overcome. So what does John mean when he says that for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world? What does he mean by the world? Well, er earlier on in this letter, in chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, um, John said this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So again, John is mentioning this world, but again, what is he speaking of when he says the world? What is he meaning? Well, John is referring to what Paul speaks of in Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So the world in the context of the first epistle of John and of Ephesians 6 is a spiritual one. It's not the physical, it's spiritual. Now what we can't do, we can't separate these two and think, oh, they have no impact on one another. For the physical actions of people and the evil in this world is an outworking of the spiritual condition within. Wickedness in the world and, and what we see visibly is just of what we see of Satan. It's Satan at work in people. Now it doesn't mean that the, um, man is not responsible for his own actions. Man is totally responsible for their own actions. But through that we see the work of Satan in the world, in man. And as I mentioned earlier, whilst we do believe and confess that God is sovereign, we also confess that all evil is of Satan. He is the tempter. He is the evil one, the father of lies, the God of this age, the adversary, the prince of the power of the air. And in Job, as we saw, God allowed Satan to inflict harm on Job. But as Glenn mentioned earlier this morning and what we read, what we read in, in um, Genesis when we look at Joseph and um, what was said there. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So when Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, they meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good. So no matter what Satan does in this world, the Lord restrains, still restrains him and it is used for good. But we must be aware of Satan. We must understand how he works in this world. I don't mean that we should dwell on, on that and have our focus on him. For our focus should be always on Christ. But we should be aware of an evil presence in this world. Because whatever... That whatever is in this world, if it is not set on Christ, if it's not for his glory and is not subject, subject to Christ, then it is of Satan. There's no, there's no middle ground. It is either for Christ or against Christ. Even if something is perceived to be doing good in the world, if it's not for Christ, it is of Satan. We can look across the world. We look and look at various things and see if it's not set on Christ, how it has been 
corrupted. We take health. We look at the NHS. We look at the health um, services around the world. Abortion is now seen as part of good health. Murder is now healthcare. So when a, a child is murdered, it is seen as something that is, is part of a good, healthy lifestyle. Pharmaceuticals that used to be create, that were created for the benefit of people now is for profit. Evil is at the heart of this. Where Christ isn't, the heart of Satan will be. We see governments across the world not but set on Christ, not for Christ, succumbing to the things of Satan. It's now illegal to pray silently by an abortion clinic. By an abortion clinic, killing a child is fine. Praying silently makes you a degenerate, makes you um, an evil one in this world. Education sets on eliminating God and pushing evolution. Businesses now deal in underhand ways. People are paid off. Anything goes when God is not at the centre. And unfortunately, when Christ is not the sum and centre of a church, then the church will fall too. We witness this. I've witnessed recently a confessing Christian departing from the sound doctrine that God is sovereign. They believe that man has free will to do as they please and that salvation is a work between man and God. They've even mocked God's irresistible grace towards man. That is the work of Satan. That is the work of the devil. He's dangerous. And the darkness he brings is spread over all the earth. So this is what John is speaking of when he says the world, when he uses the, the term the world in this verse. And we know because of the fall, when Adam ate of the fruit which brought death and corruption into the world, that every person is sinful with the exception of Christ. Nobody is free from the tainting of sin. It is all a part of us. Psalm 51, 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We are born separate from God. We are born into this world, and we are of this world. We are born set against God. We break his laws and we enjoy doing it. We f- refuse to give him the praise he deserves. And maybe, maybe we even deny his existence. The arrogance and evil of man is, is all under the power of Satan. We were born into this world, loving this world and doing the work of the devil. When we look at the commandments that Christ gave us in Mark, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength. And then we look at the second commandment, which is to love our neighbour as ourselves. What the, how Christ summed the Ten Commandments up. From birth, have we kept these commandments? Have we loved God with a whole being constantly? Have we loved our neighbour as ourselves? No, we haven't. Because we are of this world. Even when we look to the people who seem to be good in this world, their works may be laid out before us and we can see the good that they do. They can almost appear righteous. 
But the Pharisees did that too. And Christ called them the sons of the devil. For if what we offer is not through faith, then there is nothing in and of ourselves that can overcome our, this world. We have to look elsewhere. Now when we see things in, in scripture, we can have various um, reactions to this. It can crush us. It can anger us. Where do we fall? Where do you fall when you hear these things that the scripture speaks of? Do you see that there is no hope if we rely on ourselves to overcome this world? Because we were, or maybe still are, a child of the prince of this world. And in this world, there is nothing but spiritual death. But as I said, there is still hope. There is hope. Because John speaks of what? Overcoming this world. To overcome this world, we must be what? What does he say? In the second part of verse 4. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. So, to overcome this world, we must be what? We must be born of God. Because whatever is born of God overcomes this world. So there is a battle that has been won. And the way that this battle is won is if we are born again of God. But what does it mean to be born again? Nicodemus asked this in John chapter 3. He asked Christ, what um, when he was told that he must be born again, he asked, how can a man be born, born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Being born again, being born of God is not physical. We know this. It is a spiritual birth. It's a, and it's this spiritual birth that gives us victory over the world. We overcome the world. It's this spiritual birth that delivers an, in, uh, an individual from the hand of Satan. Brings someone from the dark into the light. This, this, this birth leads someone who loves the world to into a person who loves God. In the new birth, we go from worshipping the things of this world, the things that Satan tempts us with, to loving God and his word. This birth overcomes the world. So what does it mean to be born again? Well, as we read in verse 4, to be born again is to have faith. It is faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. It is faith that leads a sinner, someone who loves this world, a worker of Satan, a hater of God, to salvation. It is faith that overcomes the evil in this world. This faith is not something that we can do of our own accord, not something that we can bring in and of ourselves. It's not a, a work of our own will. Because when we looked at um, Psalm 51, what did it say? We were a worker of iniquity. Nothing that we can offer will give us victory. A faith of our own doing is of no good because it's, a, it's from our own mind. True faith, saving faith, is only given to us through God. We can only but cry out to the Lord for salvation for this faith. It is only the word of God that can bring this faith to us. And it is this faith, this trust in the Lord, 
that is brought to us through the work of the Holy Spirit. But that leads us to our next question. What is this faith that John speaks of? What is the, what is the faith that we should be seeking? What are we to have faith in? As we've seen, it cannot be anything of this world because this world is of Satan. It cannot be anything that we ourselves offer because we are born in sin, unable to meet the perfect standard that God commands. What are we to have faith in? Who are we to have faith in? This brings us to verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We are to have faith in Jesus Christ. We are to believe that Jesus Christ is God. That he took on human nature and was indeed very God and very man. We are to believe that he is perfect in every way. That he is sinless without spot or blemish. As we heard this morning, he did not succumb to temptation. He was sinless. We are to believe that God the Father chose us before the foundation of this world and that in Christ we are saved that Christ was sent to die for our sins we are to believe that on the cross our sins were paid for our sins were atoned for and that Christ's righteousness and perfection is now what clothes us so when we stand before God we stand before him blameless clothed in the righteousness of Christ We are to believe that Christ was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. We are to believe and trust that it is Christ and Christ alone is the only way of salvation. And it is this faith, it is this trust in Christ, the certain hope, as we again we heard of this morning, it is a certain hope, a certain faith that leads us from death to life. It is Christ that brings us life. And leads us from this world. It is in Christ. And Christ alone that we can overcome. This world. Also in this faith. The chains of sin. This sin that our hearts used to desire. This sin has now been broken. These chains have been broken. We have victory over the world. This means now that we are free to overcome the work of Satan. We are free now not to sin. Because before, all that we did was against the Lord. It was either for ourselves or for our own glory. We never offered anything to the Lord in faith. All we did was evil. Now, it wasn't as bad as we could have been, for the Lord restrained us. But the Lord was never in our thoughts. The Lord was never who we desired. It wasn't, we didn't do things to, to honour the Lord because we loved him, because we knew Christ. Everything we did was from a sinful heart. But now we are free from these chains. Yes, we do still sin, but no longer are, are we under this influence. We can run to Christ and seek to do his will. No longer are we under the influence of Satan. And as we read in verse 3, no longer are the uh, commandments grievous to us, for we can't keep them. But we seek to keep them because we love our Lord and Saviour. Unlike Cain, who offered up his 
his um, blessings to the Lord, who offered up his his ways to the Lord, was trying to appease the Lord. Abel gave in faith. And this is how we live now, because the chains have been broken. So we seek to keep his commands because we love the Lord. And now we look to this uh, this epistle now and we see the commands to love. So in faith we seek to love, not in our strength, but in Christ, with the knowledge that in him we have overcome the world. Christ's death on the cross was the only act, the only act that could bring victory over Satan and this world. So when Christ cried out, it is finished, Satan was defeated and salvation through Christ had come into the world. This is what the whole of the Old Testament was pointing to, to this battle, to this overcoming of the world. It couldn't be done through religious observances. It had to be through Christ. All those things in the past pointed to Jesus. So this battle was not won by force. It wasn't won by military power. The battle was not done through um, man's ways. Victory over Satan and this world and victory over sin was accomplished by God himself. Through Christ laying down his own life and shedding his blood on the cross for the cleansing of, of the sin of those who place their faith in him. So the question is, where is our faith? Where is your faith? What is your faith in? Do you trust in yourself? Do you seek the things of this world? Do you seek the joy of this world? Do we still belong to the great deceiver and live for the pleasures and the lusts of this world? We know that this way leads to destruction. This way shows that the world has overcome us. But when we place our faith in Christ, when the Lord has his work in us, and when we trust in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ, we find victory in him over sin and this world. Amen.